0: Welcome back to The Daily Poem, a podcast from Goldberry Studios. I'm Sean Johnson, and today is Monday, January 15th, 2024. Here at The Daily Poem, one of the things we want to impress upon uh, our listeners and our future or potential listeners is that uh, poetry is eminently approachable uh, Too often too many people uh think of poetry as mystifying and intimidating and uh a good poem uh is just not usually that way uh even even a poem that might seem obtuse at first glance uh usually requires just a little bit of uh quality time uh for it to open and unfold itself to the curious reader uh, every good poem leaves the door unlocked as it were uh and a kind of poetry that definitely falls into this camp of, of being seen as uh, intimidating and foreign is uh, the poetry of William Shakespeare. Uh, in fact, sometimes Shakespeare's greatest poetry uh, really isn't thought of as poetry at all. And that is his uh, dramatic poetry, uh, the uh, the lyric and blank verse that he uses when he's writing his plays. So I thought it would be worth spending a week uh, looking at some of Shakespeare's great monologues. But because there are uh, some that are almost universally known and familiar and, uh, dare I say, even overdone, I thought it would be worth uh, looking at some of Shakespeare's underrated uh, speeches. The first of which is the prologue from Shakespeare's uh, British history play, Henry V. This is uh, one of his most popular plays. And so uh, those who are already fans of Shakespeare and of this play uh, will certainly know the speech that opens the play, uh, but it ends up usually playing second fiddle to all of the other speeches in the play, which are uh, even more famous. I think of his uh, St. Crispin's Day speech, The Band of Brothers speech, for example. Uh, but this is a great speech that sets uh, a tone for the rest of the play. Uh, he creates a a chorus character who recurs throughout the play. Uh, but oddly, his job is to repeatedly break the fourth wall. So he's telling this sweeping drama about... Uh, Uh, one of the great romanticized uh, patriotic heroes in British history, King Henry V. And yet time and time again, he inserts this chorus character uh, to sort of uh, bring you out of the story and remind you, almost beat you over the head with the fact uh, that you're watching a play, uh, you're viewing an artifice, Uh, as if Shakespeare is sort of working against uh, letting you get drawn too much into the story, Uh, there's often a kind of uh, willing suspension of disbelief that we employ when we're reading a story. Uh, We know it's not uh, really happening in front of us, uh, even if we're watching on the stage, Uh, but we, we give them the benefit of the doubt and we uh, sort of smooth out the the rough edges with our charity. Uh, and yet Shakespeare uh, keeps undermining that uh, willing suspension of disbelief through this character, uh, which is an odd tactic, uh, the purpose of which maybe we'd have to discuss it at greater length another time. Uh, but here is the chorus's opening speech, the prologue to the play, Uh, in which he begins with some very lofty language, uh, but then repeatedly he asks the audience uh, for their assistance in uh, overlooking the imperfections and the small scale of the play. Uh, He says things like, may we cram within this wooden O, and he means the circular theater, the globe theater, uh, in which the play was originally being performed. May we cram within this circular, O the very casks that did affright the air at Agincourt. Oh, pardon, since a crooked figure may attest in little place a million, let us ciphers to this great account on your imaginary forces work. So he says, if you can write uh, a small number on a piece of paper and signify a great quantity, so in the same way, look at the the meager set dressings and the handful of actors we have on stage here and uh, <laughs> uh, do the rest of the work in your imagination. Imagine that each man represents thousands of men and that these few square feet here uh, represent a massive battlefields and entire kingdoms. Here is the prologue to Henry V. For a muse of fire that would ascend the brightest heaven of invention, a kingdom for a stage, princes to act, and monarchs to behold the swelling scene. Then should the warlike Harry, like himself, assume the port of Mars, and at his heels, leashed in like hounds, should famine, sword, and fire crouch for employment. But pardon, gentles all the flat, unraised spirits that have dared on this unworthy scaffold to bring forth so great an object. Can this cockpit hold the vasty fields of France, or may we cram within this wooden o the very casks that did affright the air at Agincourt? Oh, pardon, since a crooked figure may attest in little place a million, and let us ciphers to this great account on your imaginary forces' work." Suppose within the girdle of these walls are now confined two mighty monarchies whose high upreared and abutting fronts the perilous narrow ocean parts asunder. Peace out our imperfections with your thoughts. Into a thousand parts divide one man and make imaginary puissance. Then think when we talk of horses that you see them printing their proud hooves in the receiving earth. For it is your thoughts that now must deck our kings. Carry them here and there, jumping o'er times, turning the accomplishment of many years into an hourglass. For which supply admit me, chorus, to this history, who, prologue-like, your humble patience pray, gently to hear, kindly to judge, our play." Modern productions and performances of Henry V uh, sometimes go so far as to dress the chorus character in modern clothing uh, as to uh, further separate him from the action of the play and the other costumed characters in the play uh, to make it clear that he is meant to be uh, a voice from your world uh, that is both inviting you into the imaginary, imaginary world you're about to witness, uh, but also lingering there at the edge of the story to repeatedly sort of call you back uh, to your own world. It's a curious tactic, but it's a great speech. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with another speech from Shakespeare for you. If you just absolutely despise Shakespeare... Hang in there; there'll just be a couple of days. Uh, and hang in there because uh, you never know. This might be uh, this might be the time in your life when things uh, click and change, and uh, the bard becomes your uh, bosom friend. To listen to past episodes or support our show, please visit DailyPoemPod.substack.com. On behalf of our whole team at Goldberry Studios, I'm Sean Johnson. Until next time, happy reading.